If you'll open your Bible to page 3, actually I don't think it says page 3, but it's Genesis chapter 1. It's just one of those pages that doesn't have a page number, I think, on the Bible. I think I have one just like you do that I pick up these page numbers. You know, I want to talk to you today about something that on the surface seems rather boring. And, and actually, I think when you leave today, you'll say, no, it wasn't boring at all. I want to talk to you about the truth about work, about work. You say, well, I'm retired. It has nothing to do with me. Yes, it does. I'll be with that in just a moment or two. And uh, if you're one of our visitors, I've had eye surgery in both eyes, and I'm having to wear these temporary glasses till I uh, get my permanent glasses. And so uh, I do the best I can. I'm, I'm, and I'm doing real good. I commend myself how good I'm really doing. Uh, nobody else commends me, but that's okay. I, I, I'm completing Christ. You know, that's a great verse in the Bible. In fact, that would solve a lot of people's self-esteem problem, that one verse. People think they're complete if they can do this and if they have that. No, we are complete in Christ. Could I have an amen to that? That'd be a, that'd be a good uh, sermon. I need to preach a sermon on that. Well, I want to talk to you today about work, and I think the starting place is back in the book of Genesis in chapter number 1. In fact, let me turn to it in my own self. Genesis chapter number 1. I think a good place to start is be reminded that God created man and woman in his image. And I want to show you that in the Bible. I know you know it. But if you'll turn with me to Genesis chapter number 1 and look with me down at about verses 26 and 27. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. The Bible says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And then verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. God created them. That is male and female. Now, you know, as you, you say, what does that have to do with work? Well, in just a moment, I'm going to show you. But it has everything to do with work. In fact, what those verses are saying, one of the things they're saying, is that uh, we are created, when it talks about being created in the image of God, it means we are to mirror God and His Son. To mirror God. We're created in the image of God. You know, sometimes I hear people say, that boy is the spitting image of his father. Or, that girl is a spitting image of uh, her mother. What are they saying? Well, they're saying they're just kind of like a mirror. In fact, Johnny and I went to a hospital downtown yesterday making a visit with a family, very serious need, and we were visiting the, uh, uh, well, we went to visit the man, the husband, but, uh, and we went into the room, but he was uh, not able to be visited. We prayed uh, over him, prayed to God for him, and we was walking down saying, well, we wish we'd have caught the family here, and look up, and here comes the grown daughter. And uh, John knew her well. She used to be in his student ministry group back when he worked with students. And she said, well, Mom's down here. We're down in MD Anderson, and they have little places where families can go and just kind of stay around the clock. Well, that's where the wife was. The well, we went down there, and, and uh, there's the mother. And so here's the mother and the older daughter. And then there is another grown daughter as well. She was not there at the time. And uh, when we left, I said to John, I said, I declare 
that daughter, she must have been, I think she was 36, 37. Uh, she was the image, she was the mirror of her mother. You've seen people like, and I, I said that to John. He said, well, Dad, the other, the other daughter is exactly the same. They, they're just like mirrors of each other. Now, the mother did look older than 36, okay? So I don't want to put her somewhere she's not. But that's what this is talking about. We are to be a, a mirror. We are to mirror God and his son. And one area where we are to mirror God is work. You say, well, where in the earth did you get that? Well, out of the Bible, turn over into chapter 2. You'll just be in the neighborhood already. If you turn over in chapter 2, and let's just look in verse 1. It says, thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. So now God has created the heavens and the earth and everything therein. Now look in verse 2. Now remember, we are created in God's image. We are to mirror God. And one area is the area of work. In verse 2, it says, and on the seventh day, God ended his work. There it is, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work. There it is again, which he had done. Now, maybe you've never thought about God in relation to work, but if you, we won't now for time's sake, but go back and read Genesis chapter 1. God created the heavens and the earth and everything therein. Now, that would be a lot of work. And then he rested, not because God was tired. No, it's because he, he rested because he had completed his work. Now, this would be another sermon that I'm not preaching today, but I love to just throw out things I'm not going to preach. You know, one reason people can't rest is they never complete anything. Yeah, they don't work. You know, if you work hard enough, you'll go to sleep at night. You'll just conk out. I mean, you'll just finally conk out. But there's nothing that gives a sweeter sleep than to actually complete something. The, the, the feeling I completed something. You know, that's one, of the, that's one of the frustrations of being a minister. You never complete anything. Never. I mean, you say, well, yeah, you do. You finish your sermon. Well, yeah, seven days later, it's coming again. You say, well, you bury the deceased. Well, the family's still here. I, I'm just saying this. It, it's just nothing's ever finished. And it can, it can just be a frustrating thing. Whereas if you have a job where you actually complete something, you just feel good inside. You think, well, I completed that. Well, that's kind of the situation here. And, you know, God gave man the capacity to work. In fact, if you look with me in verse 15, in chapter 2 in verse 15, it says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. Now, that's work. Any of you have a garden? Would you not agree it can be work? Have you ever noticed the weeds, grass, or grow where you don't want it and where you want it, you can't get to grow any? Have you ever paid attention to that? Well, that, that's a, another thought, but be that as it may, the point that I make is, and you, you know, you might want to consider this in verse 15. When God made man, God made woman, he created mankind, he created humankind, and gave us the capacity to work. We are made in his image, and no one ever worked more than God the Father. Now, God the Son, you know, he said, I must finish the work. He said, my meat is to, is to finish the work that the Father has sent me to do. So, you know, this whole idea that, uh, uh, you know, we don't relate work to God, 
Well, the fact of the matter is God put us here and part of our existence here is this whole matter of work. Now, in addition to that, work is not punishment. Now, I know many of you are retired and say this thing today has nothing to do with me. Hold on. I'll be there in just a moment or two. I'll be about, I won't talk to retired people too. But let's get to that point. For those that are not retired, I think, honestly, many times people view work as some kind of punishment from God. Well, that's just not true. If you look again in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, God took Adam and put him uh, in the garden to tend it and to keep it. Now, let me remind you, chapter 2, this is a deep theological thing I'm about to share with you. Chapter 2 comes before chapter 3. Isn't that that profound? (laughs) Well, now think with me a moment. What happens in chapter 3? Well, here's the fall of man in chapter 3. But back in chapter 2, we have unfallen man. Unfallen man, unfallen man, Adam, God put in the garden to tend it and to keep it. There had never been any sin. Uh, He didn't put him in the garden to punish him. Uh, There was nothing to punish him for at that moment. But the whole idea that, uh, you know, work is some kind of punishment. And I think sometimes people have that attitude about work. You know, it's kind of like a drudgery. Uh, it's, It's almost like, you know, you're you're kind of in prison, but you're kind of free to walk around and do your job. Well, that's not the case. Well, another thing about work, and we just need to deal with it real quickly, work supplies basic needs, but work should be more than that. Obviously, we work to supply basic needs. They provide for the needs that we have. Like people work, and they get a paycheck, and with that paycheck, they, they pay for their basic needs. So, you know, that's, someone says, well, that's, but if that's all work is, uh, that is really a bad thing. Now, you know, the Bible is very clear about work. The Bible says, he who tills the land will have plenty of bread. He who follows frivolity will have poverty enough. And another translation of that verse that I love so much says, hard workers have plenty of food. Playing around brings poverty. And then, of course, there's this other verse that you probably figure I'm going to mention. It's a good verse. It says, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Uh, you know, that, uh, now that's another good sermon for another time. Now, some people physically are unable to work, and I understand that. And you don't have to agree with me on this. You can be wrong if you want to. <laughs> I just think every able-bodied person that can work, they ought to work. That's just the bottom line. And the Bible teaches that very, very it, it's not a punishment. It's, it's part of God's plan. That, and, and now for people that cannot work for whatever reason, it's legitimate. Then we as Christians have responsibility to help them. But this idea that, you know, I'm just going to go through life with a, you know, everybody give me something. I'm not going to do anything. I, I always struggle, you know, and it's getting worse in Pasadena. I, I don't know if I... Uh, it's, it's really bad down in Houston, but it's becoming the same way here. On the street corners, we've got everybody out, you know, I don't have, a, I'm homeless and, you know, all these things. It just breaks your heart. But like some of these people look to me like they could get a job. Is that rude for me to say? You know, I've always wondered, thought about, at least rolling my windows, have you ever considered like getting a job? But they probably wouldn't be the smartest thing I ever did. Uh, now, it, it, here again, I'm, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're doing the best they can. I, it's just a struggle. Uh, but it seems to be, it's almost becoming an epidemic. 
And, uh, of course, we have signs up, up at the Beltway. It says, uh, you know, no soliciting, all these things. And, you know, they just solicit in a way, but um, creating traffic uh, chaos and other things. But, uh, you know, I, that's not my job to solve. But it is my job to remember that, uh, you know, work does supply our basic needs. But that said, work should do more than that. Now, uh, if a person just sees work to pay their bills, uh, they're going to have a lot of years of not very happy times when it comes to work because we spend a lot of time in work. Now, what about retired people? Many of you are retired. You know, uh, well, you're retired from your job, and, and that's fine. But I want to encourage you, and most of you have figured this out, you know, it's one thing to retire from your job. It's quite another thing to retire from life. See, I see some people that retire from their job and just, they just quit life. And they'll die pretty soon. I, I'm serious about that. They'd have nothing left to live for. And, and, and they just kind of fold it up. They die first emotionally and uh, inwardly, and then ultimately they just kind of die. Now, the other side of that coin is, you know, is to remember the Bible says to everything there is a season. So for people that have worked all these years, that's the season they've lived in. Now they get to this next season, you know, they, they retire. Well, that just begins a new season. You know, retirement, my view of it, of course, I'm not retired, but I watch people that are retired and I'm aware that people do retire. Um, you say, well, well, when are you going to retire? <laughs> why, why don't you laugh at that? I, well, I first need to be old enough to retire. I, I, <laughs> you know, I'm not there yet. Well, I think the same God that called me to preach will let me know about that. But like, uh, as long as I have breath in my body, I'm going to do something to serve the Lord. Uh, I have no interest in just just quitting. I mean, what would I do? I mean, I'd, I'd, uh, poor, poor Dottie, what would she do? I mean, she'd go crazy. Well, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, though, when people retire, you know, it's, it, it, and I, that's wonderful for you to do, but don't retire from life. The truth is, there's a new season out there, and I see it so much. Like, I was over at the Pasadena Community Center, um, or Pastoring Community Ministry, what they it's just a marvelous ministry. And uh, uh, the lady that leads that thing this fall will be 83 years of age. And she has workers older than her. And there are some younger. But I just, they're all volunteers, all these people. And most all of them have retired. But they didn't retire from life. Uh, I look in, the, in our church, I'm sure it's true in every church, some of the most uh, productive people in our church are people who have retired. And they don't, but they didn't retire from life. They just said, okay, that season of life is over. And now I have a new season. I'm going to see how I can uh, make a difference in life. And I could name people like that, like at the bridge last week. Some of our retired men were down there assembling some kind of a storage shed. And uh, then they're going to try to get up some old carpet where we can put some new carpet down. Well, all these folks are retired, but they're not retired from life. 
they just retired from their job. And so, you know, isn't it exciting that, you know, just because you turn some certain age, if you still have a strength and health and ability to do so, it, it might be some of the very best years of all your life. Now, this whole deal about work. Now, let me, let me share with you. Um, it's painful for me to share what I'm about to share. And in a moment, you'll understand why. When I was like, a, I was out of high school, and I was maybe like 20, 21 years old, still single. And, of course, I grew up in church in Atlanta, Georgia. But on Sunday night, uh, many Sunday nights, at that season of my life, I would go down to the first, this is the painful part right here, Methodist Church. <laughs> oh, this, this hurts me to say it. And they had a pastor named Dr. Pierce Harris. Dr. Pierce Harris. And sometime, now, now if you're listening, now this has been a long time ago, but for a first Methodist church to have church on Sunday night in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, even years ago, was kind of unusual, even then. But first Methodist, uh, they, they had, didn't just have church, the place was packed. Every Sunday night, that place was packed. I'd go down there many times by myself. And other times I had a friend of mine named Jim Nixon who became a minister. Now he's going to be with the Lord. And many times he and I would go together down there on Sunday night to church. And uh, I just, uh, I'd go in my church on Sunday morning, but I'd go down there on Sunday night. I love to hear Dr. Harris preach. And one Sunday night, I can still remember it, he made a statement somewhere in the very middle of his sermon. He said, I'm going to tell you how to never work. Now, remember, put yourself in my shoes. I was about 20, 21, maybe 22, long in there. And a guy says, I'm going to tell you how to never work. Well, I, my antennas went up on that. I thought, man, I want to hear this. And I, I took notes even back then. I had no idea back then I'd ever be a preacher. I mean, I, that has never crossed my mind. Like, and in fact, everybody that knew me, it would have crossed nobody's mind that I one day would be a preacher. But that's another time, too. Okay. Well, here's what he said. Now, I, I've never forgotten it. it. It impacted my life at that point, and it has impacted my life to this very point. And here's what Dr. Harris said. He said, the way to never work, find something you love to do so much you would do it for nothing. Then prepare yourself, train yourself, equip yourself to do that thing that you would do what you would do for nothing. And then when you've done that, here's what he said. Somebody out there will actually pay you to do it. And his illustration was, and he had been a baseball player. And he gave an illustration of a baseball player. He said, you know, when you're a little kid, when I was a little kid, he said, we'd just go out in the field, and you just had a bat and one ball. Well, I could relate to that. You know, we didn't have all these nice ball fields like we do now. And you'd go out and play ball in the field, and you'd play till you lost the ball. And when you lost the ball, the game was over because you didn't have any more balls. Okay. He said, you know, when I was a little boy, we'd go out in the hot sun, and we'd just practice ball and practice ball and practice ball, and just hot, sweating, all that. And he said, you know, later in life, I kind of got good at that. He was, he had been very good at baseball. He was a professional baseball player for a while in his life before he became a minister. And he said, I actually got good enough. Now, back then, they didn't pay him like they do now. 
He said, they actually paid me as a grown man to do what I did as a boy for nothing. Well, you know, that thing kind of resonated with me. And, you know, my, you know, my, my testimony of that is, you know, that is kind of my testimony. Like, you know, I was in my late 20s, really, when I felt God called me to be a minister. And I prepared myself as best I could. I, I, I was blessed to go to seminary. I was blessed to have great, some really great seminary professors. I, I went through seminary at a good time. And then I was blessed to be mentored by two or three, really, maybe four, just godly older ministers that, that taught me. I certainly don't know everything, but what little I know I've learned from somebody. And, and, uh, and then on top of that, so I, I've, I've been so blessed, I've pastored after seminary, three churches, each of which has done what? Well, they, they've paid me so I can devote my full time to doing what God has called me to do. So where I'm going with this little illustration is the fact of the matter is, like, I don't consider what I do as work. I really don't. I think that's how I will know when to retire. The day that I think being pastor of the First Baptist Church is for me work, I think that might be how the Holy Spirit says. Now, does that mean sometimes I don't tire? No, that doesn't mean any of that. But what I'm saying to you is, if, if a person, I believe this as a minister, if a person felt God called them to be a minister, and they tried to do it 50 years, and during that little run of 50 years, they saw this job as work, let me tell you something. They wouldn't make it 10 years. I don't see it that way. Now, you say, well, I'm not a minister. What does that have to do with me? Well, what I'm saying to you is this. You know, if, if, if you'll just see work as an opportunity you have to be a mirror for God and His Son, and wherever you work, you know, really, in a way, you have a congregation that I probably don't even ever have an opportunity to have. Because many of you work in places, a lot of those folks don't go anywhere to church and hear any preacher preach. And the only thing they may know about God is not so much what you say. What they may know best about God is how they see you live. And so really, there is a season for everything under the sun. And this whole idea of work is a very spiritual thing. And so God, in the room today, we're all at different places in life, and I, I know sometimes God work can, our jobs can, you know, be harder than other times and all that, but, but God, the, the fact of the matter is, I mean, here I am at work today, and I'm about to move from this to some staff meetings, and then later on today, I move to some other things. Tonight, I move to another responsibility. God, I just pray today that that I won't see all this stuff. And like yesterday downtown, it was hot, and you're trying to find places to park and trying to get in the hospital, and everything's on construction. And God, if that's all we saw yesterday, it would have been bewildering. But God, that wasn't how I saw my work yesterday nor today. And I pray for all of us that we just, as we go through whatever we are and wherever we are in our work world, retired or not retired, makes no difference. We still all are alive. We have a purpose, and God, I pray that we will be a mirror in our attitude, in our words, in our ways, 
that for people who might not come hear a sermon ever would see a sermon lived. And I thank you, God, as I pray that prayer that I think of so many people that have been that for me and to me in my life. Help each of us to be that to others. Now, God, give us a great rest of the week. Give us safety in what we do, and uh, help us be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.